We cannot take a nap like Jesus. Now, I understand that Jesus was God. The song says he was so much man that he slept in a boat, yet he was so much God that the winds ceased when he spoke. And that is absolutely 100% true. But Jesus was as much a man as, as we are. Jesus wept, Jesus cried, Jesus hurt. And yet all the time, Jesus was at peace knowing that his father was in control. And now the Bible says that God gave Jesus all power. He said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. But Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit is one we believe in the Trinity. We understand that. And Jesus slept in this boat. Why? Because he was at peace. Now I understand today that a lot of things take sleep from our eyes. A lot of things trouble us and, and just get on our nerves and, and work on our mind and worry and worry and worry. Why can't we sleep like Jesus? Why can't we take a nap in the midst of the storm? Matthew chapter number 8. We're going to pick up in verse number 24. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 24. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch the ship was covered with waves. But he, talking about Jesus, was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We perish. And he saith unto him, Why are you fearful? O ye of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come this morning. God, we thank you for your word in it. We have guidance. God, in it we have peace that we could go through this life, God, about your work and doing so peaceful. Lord, I pray you'd help us this morning. As we look into your word, Lord, we could do so with open hearts. Lord, help us so we could find your peace in our life. God, if we wouldn't allow the things of this world to steal it from us. God, if we could remain centered and grounded in you. Lord, most of all, if we be one here this morning, God, that don't know you as their Savior. God, that don't know that peace that you bring. I pray that they could see their need of a Savior. God, they could see their sinful condition. And they can believe on Jesus Christ as their Savior before be everlasting too late. Forgive us for we fail you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Now here we had a, a big storm, right? We know, uh, I, I say most of us, some of us made it through Katrina. Others has made it through some of the tornadoes that's been around lately. We had the almost the great flood of the month of June. And uh, so we, we've all been through storms. We understand that. A lot of times, what is the easiest way to sleep? It's when you're under a tin roof and it's raining, right? Easiest time to sleep. It sounds like a sound machine. It sounds like the box fan that so many people sleep with. But the thing about it was that Jesus was not only under a tin roof. Jesus was rocking in the waves. That boat was made out of wood back in this day. It was rocked about. It was, it was going every which direction. Imagine trying to sleep on a roller coaster, getting jerked back and forth. I don't think Jesus was rolling around in the bottom of the boat. I think he was laid in one place. But the boat he was on is still moving. In our life that we live each and every day, our life is constantly moving. The storm that we're on, the storm that we're a part of in this life, known as America, is constantly moving. There's always things to wake us up. There's always things to bother us, to push us, to worry us. But none of this worried Jesus, but it worries us. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be scared. When I drive, I wear a seatbelt. When I strap Bailey in the, the vehicle, I make sure them little clips are, are clipped. I make sure she's strapped in her car seat. Because I, I, don't, I don't want to be stupid. There's a very, very big difference. God gives us peace to live in this life. He gives us peace to overcome whatever is in this life. Well, turn it if you would. Book of John, keep your Bibles open. We're going to do a lot of flip-flopping this morning. 
Book of John in chapter number 16. Book of John, chapter number 16, the words of Christ here, verse 33. He said, These things have I spoken unto you, that you might have peace. Here we go. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We have problems in this life, but Christ has already overcome them. We have tribulations, we have trials, we have troubles in this life, but God has already conquered them. He didn't say that we couldn't get through. Whenever Paul, and I know I've said it here before, whenever Paul got bit by the snake, you think the snake hurt? I've never been bitten by a snake, but I think snakes hurt. I, I do believe that that snake hurt him. I do believe that he felt the pain, but he did not feel the poison. God did not promise us that we was going to live a life free of pain. He did not promise us that we was going to live a life free of trouble. Matter of fact, he says here, in the world ye shall have tribulation. You will have problems. You will face things. I saw a picture a while back. It was everything that was going to end the world since like 1997. Every year there's been some kind of major catastrophe, some kind of major event that was going to happen that was going to end all things. It hadn't yet. Because God hadn't allowed it to happen. Why? Because God has power over all of it. Jesus said, I have conquered the world. These things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. That in me you might have peace. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior this morning, there is no reason in the world why you should fear anything in this world. There's no reason. I'm not saying that you shouldn't respect it. But you shouldn't allow it to take sleep from your eyes. You shouldn't allow it to get in your head and convince you that, that you are so terrified of this that we need to stop being about God's work. That we need to stop doing what Christ tells us to do. We need to stop being obedient in Him. At no point in time should that happen to us. Because in Christ we have peace. We all understand that that weight of, of hell was lifted whenever we got saved. That's the most amazing peaceful feeling that I have ever felt. Whenever I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I was no longer fearing hell. I was no longer afraid to die. I was no longer staying awake at night. It, it was no longer a bother to me. It was gone. I was at peace. My dad said he went a long time before he got saved, a little while. And, and he said that the, the night that he got saved, he was laying there by his bed, kneeling there by his bed, and he prayed. He said the night that he got saved was the best night's sleep he got in a long, long time. Why? Because Christ brings that peace. So in this world, after we got saved, how come we can't maintain that peace? Same reason we can't maintain the joy of Jesus Christ. The world takes it from us. Everything in life is, is designed, is meant to get you down. First thing you learn whenever you get out in adulthood is that mama no longer buys groceries. Life gets expensive. Not only that, whenever you get that first paycheck, and it's got broke down. You got your insurance pulled out here. You got this pulled out here. And then you look at the bottom and you got taxes. Taxes are pulled out on the bottom. You, you, and it, it, it blows your mind. It, it just, it's crazy. How much money the government needs to stay afloat. And they expect us to survive on little or nothing. But it's, it's true. It's absolutely true. But if we, let, if we allow that to steal our joy, if we allow that to steal our peace, then, then we're not stable in God as we ought to be. The government can take whatever they want. They can't take Christ from us. The world can take whatever they want. They can't take Jesus from us. So why do we let them? James says, submit yourself to God. 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. What does that verse tell us about Satan? That if we resist him, if we don't give in to him, if we don't succumb to him, that he will what? He will flee from us. And Job this morning, we talked in the Sunday school lesson. Job is the only man in the Bible that I read about that God had a hedge of protection about him. Satan said, I can't touch him. I can't get to him. You know, if we were as close to God as we ought to be, God would have that around us. Job was a little bit closer to God than we are. Job was closer to God than I am. I'm not where I should be for God to put that hedge of protection about me. I can ask him, I can beg him, I can pray for it. But sometimes we have to go through things in life. Sometimes we have to have what, what the, the writer James said. He said the trial of our faith. Sometimes we have to have those trials of our faith. Jesus said that ye shall have tribulation. It's coming. He didn't say that COVID is coming. He said tribulation is coming. COVID is tribulation. He didn't say that the Y2K is coming. Everybody turn off your computers before December 31st, 1999. Turn your computers off, otherwise they'll go kerplunk. I was very young then, but I remember that. And then September 11th happened. The war happened. And then the, that was the West Nile and then the swine flu. And in Korea, when Trump got president, there's always something to steal our peace. There's always something to keep us up at night. But you know, it's always the wrong things that keep us up at night. As Christians, what, what should be keeping us up? What should be bothering us? What should be getting to us to the point that we cannot go to sleep at night? Flip over to 1 Peter, if you would. As Christians, we should be about one thing. We should be about the work of Christ. We should be preparing for His coming. We should be about the work of His kingdom. And so what should be keeping us up at night is why our churches aren't full. Why the, the golf courses got people all over them. But we didn't have a single kid in the back when Sunday school got started this morning. That's what should be bothering us. That's what ought to keep us up at night. Because instead of being about the work of God, we're about the work of this world. We're about the things of this world. Uh, Brother Ed said this morning, he said that Solomon said, vanity, vanity, it's all vanity. He said it's all going to burn up. And it is. But it seems like that's the things that we love the most. When it ought to be being concerned for our lost loved ones. Being concerned for those in our church and our families that are unsaved. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 7. Peter said, casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Casting all your care. That's everything. Jesus said, give it to me. He said, I'll take it. I'll help you. I'll bear your burden. I will take care of it. He said, allow me. But you know the thing about it is, and I talk about verbs all the time, is that Jesus won't come up to us. and He won't come up to us and he won't grab us and take that load off of us. He won't do it. Jesus will not come over here and kick us and say, give me your burden. He ain't going to do it. He said we have to give it to him. We have to cast our care upon him. We have to turn it loose. A week and a half ago, two weeks, I guess, Bible Baptist had a revival. Brother Keith Woodby was there. Point of his message was all Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday was let go and let God. The reason that God don't take care of us, build that hedge of protection about us, is not because He can't. It's because we won't let Him. It's because we won't let go of what we have a hold of. It's because we won't turn loose of all these things we're 
stressing over about when God said, give it to me? I'm not saying that we should not be concerned about finances. But it should not be something that steals the peace of God from us. I'm not saying that we should not be concerned about politics. Because I believe it's the responsibility to vote. But we should not allow it to take the peace of God from us. I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned about COVID. I'm saying that we should not allow it to take our peace. We shouldn't allow it to take our burden. We shouldn't allow it to take everything that is important to us. That should not be our focus. When you're really, really, really worried about something, what happens? When there's a big deadline coming up, where there's a lot of young people in here, you get ready for college or high school or elementary school, whatever it may be, and there's a big deadline coming up. You've got to have your term paper, research paper, thesis, whatever it is. You've got to have it in at this day. Two or three days before, what's going through your head? What's going through your mind? Oh, my goodness. I need somebody to revise this. I, I, I need to make sure my sources are right. I know my bibliography ain't right because I stole it offline. I need to make sure it's not plagiarized. I need to get it to turn it in. I need to make sure everything is right. And that is the only thing that we're focused on right up until that deadline. And you know what? We missed everything else while we're focused on that. We missed the people we could be a witness to. We miss those that we could be a blessing to. We miss the opportunities to tell others about Christ. We miss the opportunity to invite somebody else to church. We miss the opportunity to tell someone who is lost and without Christ that Jesus loves them because we are so focused on our problems that we cannot focus on our blessings. That's what happens whenever we get distracted by the things that steal our peace in this world. Jesus took naps. He slept in the storm. He wasn't worried about it. I'm not saying he wasn't respecting it. Because he wasn't sleeping on the upper deck where he could get wet. He was prepared for it. He was acknowledging it. But he wasn't scared of it. Turn over if you would to Romans in chapter number 15. Romans chapter number 15. We're going to read verse number 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. The God of hope. We understand that our God has all power. We we serve and, and we believe in an omnipotent God, do we not? And so because of that, He is the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound through hope. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. If we're saved children of God, if we're saved believers, we have the Holy Ghost dwelling within us. That is the power that the apostles talk about in the book of Acts. When the power of God came down, that's the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And if we don't believe that Holy Spirit has got power, guess what? That Holy Spirit has no power within us. If we don't believe that the Holy Spirit has power, the Holy Spirit has zero power within us. Because if we do not allow God to work in our life, then we are putting a chain on the Holy Spirit. We're putting God in a box. If we don't allow Him to use our life, if we don't submit ourselves unto God, then we're not going to be able to be used of Him. He said, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. But if we believe in God, if we obey God, He will fill us with that joy and peace. He will... Fill us with that hope. 
Flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. I told you it was going to flip-flop around. I was not joking. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. Excuse me, 14. Everything in this world, if you don't watch it, it'll confuse you. There's always something going on. How many, <laughs> how many variants of COVID do we have thus far? How many countries were trying to blow us up in the last five years? It's a mite confusing. Why? Because it takes your attention from one thing to another. In the year 2020, we all, we all remember the year 2020. It's going down in history. At first, we had the, Australia was on fire. And then Korea wanted to bomb us. And then somebody else wanted to bomb us. And then COVID showed up. And then there was a coin shortage. And then there were murder hornets. Now you tell me if there ain't something always keeping our mind occupied. Keeping our mind off of God. 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God does not live to confuse us. God's goal is not to confuse us, to confound us. That is the goal of the evil spirits. That is the goal of Satan. That is the goal of this world, to keep our mind occupied to the point. What a, we have several teachers in here. What do teachers do whenever you run out of material? At the end of the leak test, whenever there's nothing left to do, as a teacher, what do you do? You have to find something to occupy their mind until that bell rings so that they don't start throwing desks. Right? That is the goal. Whenever you run out of stuff to teach or you're thrown into a class to substitute, you have to find something to occupy their mind so that they don't start thinking on their own. So you play hangman or you play bass basketball, whatever you have to do to keep them from thinking on their own. You have to keep them from going their own way. The world does that to us, and it does a wonderful job of keeping us occupied so that we cannot do the will of God. So that we cannot keep our mind on God. So that we cannot have that peace in God. They said that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Flip over to the book of Isaiah in chapter number 12. book of Isaiah chapter number 12 he said and in that day thou shalt say O Lord I will praise thee though thou wast angry with me thine anger is turned away and thou comfortest me behold God is my salvation I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song he also is become my salvation Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. In that day you shall say, Praise the Lord and call upon His name. Declare His doings amongst the people. Make mention that His name is exalted. In that day, in that day, in that day, over and over and over again in that day. And it goes through the rest of the, the chapter number 12 here. It's a thanksgiving unto God. We are so confounded and distracted that we miss what God has given to us, what God has done for us. You know the masks hadn't protected us, God did. The vaccine don't protect us, God does. I'm not saying it don't do any good. I'm not up here preaching, take a vaccine or don't take a vaccine. 
I'm not preaching wear a mask, don't wear a mask. I'm saying that God protects us. I'm saying that God takes care of us. And yet, whenever he does, whenever he blesses us, whenever he allows us not to catch the flu before COVID was around, we don't thank him for it. We miss it. We take it for granted. Why? Because everything else is on our mind. Because we're worried about all these other things. Not about the things of God. Flip over to Psalm 27. It's the last place we'll turn. I know we've been all over the place today. Psalm in chapter 27. If you're a Bible reader, you know what it says. It's the Psalm of David. I have a little description in my Bible right above the verse number 1. It said, David sustains his faith by the power of God. Verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? What right do we have to fear anything in this world? If we fear anything in this world to the point that we no longer believe in God, that is an idol unto us. If we fear anything in this world to the point that we can no longer be about the work of God, that is an idol unto us. Fear becomes an idol. Fear becomes something that is more powerful in our eyes than God is. And we put God in a box. God don't belong in a box. God is more powerful than fear. God is more powerful than the things of this world, but we don't let him. Why? Because we do not believe. He asked his disciples. He said, why don't you have faith? Faith is a very, very, very strange term. It's something that we have to believe in without seeing. It's something that we have to trust in without holding on to. But God gives us enough to hold on to. He gives us that peace that comes with believing in Him. He gives us that joy that comes with worshiping Him. And yet still, we need revival. Still, we need strengthening. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Behold the beauty of them, excuse me, of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For the time, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When I said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Lord, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not unto the will of mine enemies, for the false witnesses are risen up against me such as breathe out cruelty. I had not fainted. 
I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait upon the Lord, be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. If we cannot have peace in God, we are missing something. David here gave he gave reasons of why he has peace in God. Because he protects me from my enemies. We may think that we have trouble. We, we really don't have trouble. We may think that we have problems. We really don't have problems. There are missionaries and we had our, our missionary from Mexico come a while back, Brother Chris and his wife. They told us that the trouble those people are in down there. We had a missionary from Belize came to Bible Baptist last week. Told us about the trouble that they were in over there. A lot of people in a lot of danger. A lot of people dying from malnourishment. Don't have access to Bibles. Don't even have access to Bibles in their own language. And yet we sit here because we stumped our toe this morning and decided I don't want to go to church. Or because I wanted to sleep in the Sunday before school starts back, I don't want to go to Sunday school. And yet so many people love, and I know there's a, a missionary that takes the leftover Faithway literature down to the Philippines. And they say those people are so excited to get it that they'll line up to be able to read some of the Scripture of God. And we take it for granted. David said, verse 13, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait upon the Lord. He will give us peace. He will give us comfort. He will calm the seas for us. And He will allow us to sleep in the storm if we'll trust Him enough to close our eyes and lay our head down. I'll have verse 